You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, grow brand awareness, and create better content. Now, there's been lots of discussion on LinkedIn and various marketing blogs about how marketing teams ought to operate more like a media company. And I thought that was kind of intriguing. And so a few weeks ago, I commented along those lines on a LinkedIn post, and the author of the post, Vince Moreau, kind of clapped back at me a little bit and wrote back, and I'm paraphrasing here, Vince, wrote back, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, except not exactly using those words, but that was kind of the sentiment. And so (laughs) I invited Vince to come on the show and talk about it. So Vince, welcome to the B2B Content Show. Thanks, Jeremy. Hi, everyone. Knowing how I sometimes speak, it it could have been the words I used. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. You were very polite, but, you know, this is kind of your thing. You know, you're like, no, actually, I disagree, which, and that's what LinkedIn is all about. I mean, having a real discussion. Exactly. So we're going to get into that. But before we do, just introduce yourself a little bit, say who you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm Vince. I am the CEO and founder of Scale Crush. We are a, an SEO and content marketing agency, and we specialize in helping SaaS companies create content strategies and execute them. The slight difference that we have compared to other agencies, if I have to kind of describe what we do, is that we start with, and this is going to become apparent in the rest of the show probably as well, is that we start, instead of starting with keywords and search engines in mind, we start with the product and people's problems. What problems does this product solve? And that allows us to ideate content that's going to please, you know, users and help users through their their daily lives and also you know, generate leads, but also raise brand awareness, et cetera. Like you, you know, like mm-hmm. you would a podcast probably. Okay. Wonderful. Great. Well, and again, welcome to the show. Really glad to have you here. Thanks. So, so let's get into this topic. And I'll I'll first kind of give my sense of what I think this idea means to that marketing team should, you know, behave like media companies. So what my understanding is that the idea here is really around audience building. That media companies basically exist to build an audience and they do it by producing really good content and and often in kind of serialized serialized form to like keep people coming back so they become your go-to spot for information, you know, about whatever topics you're interested in, you know, and we might think of just a really typical media company, like, I don't know, CNN, you know, they have a strong brand and kind of people know what they're getting. And over the last few years, they've definitely emerged as kind of like a left of center, more left of center type outlet. So they have a particular voice and all that. And, and I think the, the idea is like, well, wouldn't it be great for B2B companies if you could get that kind of brand affinity, you know, get a larger, a growing audience that just comes back again and again to consume your content as though like your content was like a standalone brand of its own. You know what I mean? And that would sort of Mm -hmm. build this audience that, that then you could somehow transition into more, more like paying attention to your company and what you actually sell and stuff like that. That's my understanding. It might be kind of imperfect, but in any case, what what do you make of this notion that marketing yeah, so teams should behave like media companies? I, I think I understand it the way you do as well. 
so the the saying came from a guy named Tom Foremsky in around 2010. I could find a few blog posts because I, I kind of researched it. I, I like to go down rabbit holes like this. And so what he said back in 2010 was, oh, you know, the internet is expanding. Um, companies so far have been relying on very traditional TV, TV ads, trade shows, all that traditional stuff. And now the internet is there and they need to kind of expand this beyond just the social media and become, like you said, you know, content companies. But he didn't say content companies. He, he said media companies, probably because media companies have been really good at executing content at scale, right? The a media company exists to produce content, whatever the media, you know, it could be video, it could be images, it could be text, etc. And so I think that's what he meant in, in originally, but that was in 2010. Mm. Right. And so the landscape that's 15 years ago and the landscape is very different now. So my, my problem is not with that because I think content is paramount right now. If what you want to do is build a brand, build an audience, be really, yeah, build a sense of community. All that is, is great. But the problem that I see is that a media company is not defined only by its ability to, to produce content at scale. And this is where I think that is problematic at least in that narrative does that make sense yeah well keep keep going so you say a media yeah. company isn't like so what what in in your eyes what does a media company do that's maybe not applicable to b2b marketing yeah so i think you know media companies are really great at producing content but not not any type of content they want content that fits a general general specifications and those specifications are driven by their business model so if you think of any media company, you, you talked about CNN. It's a great example. You could talk about the New York Times or you could talk about, I don't know, Guitar Magazine, for example, right? We were talking music just before the show. And whatever the, the media company, if that is what we, what we hear when we say media company, which I think what Farmsky hears as well, like thinks of it as well, as well, they need to monetize that content. So it's not content that's produced to be just out there. It's content that's produced to be monetized. It could be monetized by, you know, ads, sponsorships or advertorials. It could be monetized through a subscription or you buying the content, just buying the magazine, the newspaper. It could also be also be an instrument of soft power because some media companies operate on that. It's it's marginal, but it exists. And so that those constraints or those content creation constraints lead to content that is that needs to fit that business model. So it leads to a lot of stuff that you don't necessarily value as being, you know, super positive, like clickbaity titles, very biased reporting, sensationalist headlines or, or just angles, all that stuff. That also comes with media companies, right? Mm -hmm. You talked about CNN. If you take, I'm not, a, I'm not American, but if you take another huge media company in the US, Fox News, they have built their audience on being very biased towards one spectrum, one one side of the, the political spectrum. That's perfectly fine. That's their mm -hmm. strategy. But do you want that for a B2B company? This is where, you know, it 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 starts being way more than just, oh, let's produce content. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I mean the answer to that could be yes, potentially, because Along with this argument about behaving like a media company, there's also a narrative about, you know, you have to have a strong point of view mm -hmm. if you're going to get traction for your content. 
And to my mind, that sounds similar, at least, to say a CNN or a Fox that has a pretty strong point of view, at least editorially speaking, right? That people and and knowing that not everyone's going to be okay with it, or you know, the people who have a different point of view won't tune in. And so, why why would that be bad for a B two B company? Say, okay, so that's 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 your answer to the political kind of thing, which it. What you're saying here, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, is this is kind of the same as brand narrative, right? Or 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 your hot takes as a brand, right? This is what you're saying. It, yeah, or, or at least it's it's similar. Yeah, yeah. So okay, let's assume that. I'm I'm not too sure I agree with that, but let's assume that you still have the rest of the things like the clickbaity titles, which mm. you know you don't want the sensationalist angles that you don't want either. Yeah. And uh, you don't want to produce content that people need to buy. You need, you know, B2B companies need to do the exact opposite. They Mm -hmm. need to give before they receive, right? Which is the, you know, in that sense, it's the opposite as of a media company. Yeah. Of some form of media company. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 No, it does very much. So, and and mm -hmm. so I think, you know, when you say, and this is why I like these discussions as well, and we, why we connected on LinkedIn is this seems like a very straightforward, saying it, it seems like a very straightforward aphorism you know b2b companies need to be media companies but in the end if you pull the thread long enough you realize that you know i may be wrong and you, you may think oh no i this guy has it all wrong and i still agree with that's fine but we cannot we have to agree that this is a much better much much bigger sorry discussion than just saying yes b2b companies need to be to to become media companies right yeah, no, right. I, I, and what what I like about your take is that you're kind of pressing on this and saying, okay, wait a second, what does that actually mean? What is a media company? How do they operate? Mm-hmm. And so I think it, you've convinced me at the very least that to just say you need to behave like a media company is too broad. It's not nuanced enough because clearly, as you're saying, there are some things media companies do that I think you definitely would not want to do as a B2B company, like the clickbait headlines and that kind of stuff. That I think we can all agree, like, no, you don't want to, you don't want to do that. But maybe there are some things that media companies do that B2B I, marketing I practices can at least learn from. In, in terms of content operations, I think there is because like, like Fremsky says, and all the people who praise that saying say as well is media companies are really good at creating content. So in terms of the operation, the systems, the processes, for sure. One of Formsky's arguments that I've read was, you know, B2B companies tend to have very long approval cycles, very long editorial cycles. And people who are involved in in content content creation at media companies, they know that some, and at this point, you know, the deadline is 4 p.m. We need to ship. So, right, we ship, which sure, that's a good, but it's a metaphor. It's a comparison. It's not, you know, it, it, it's not so peremptory, mm-hmm. right? And there's another thing that kind of bugs me. It's in the, the type of content that you produce as well. Because even though, you know, media, company, media companies produce a lot of content, it's not necessarily the type of content that you want for, for your, your B2B company. Because if you think about it, media companies need to, rack up as much viewership as possible. This is just due to the business model. They need them to sell the most, more magazines than the next guy. They need to sell more subscriptions. They need more market share. 
while this can be true for some B2B companies, they're usually better off, and I'm not going to teach this to you because you do podcasting. They're usually better off having a really targeted audience that they know really well, that they speak to really well, and not trying to be everything to everyone. Right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a point of discussion here as well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good point. And, you know, I would say also back in 2010, when the, this guy sort of originated this concept, or at least the phrase, like you say, so much has changed, mm-hmm. both in, in terms of B2B marketing and in the world of media. So another question to ask is, well, what kind of media company if, are, are we talking about, right? Now there are all different models. Not, there's not just one way to, to be a media company. And this is an even more important question, knowing that, you know, it's really hard to hit profitability for a media company now. Mm. You know, a lot of media companies, traditional ones, you know, the newspapers and stuff, they're trying to move online with subscription-based. Yeah. But you and I both know you're not going to pay the subscription for 10 different newspapers. So you just pick mm-hmm. one. You know, there's a whole other aspect of this, which is if... B2B companies are to become media companies. How does that impact their profitability? Because media companies are not really profitable. Mm. Well, for example, let me take this example. In France, in the past 10 years, I think this is up up the top of my head, but in the past 10 years, most media companies have been bought by billionaires, right? Probably Mm -hmm. the same thing in the US, right? So they're becoming instruments of soft power anyway, even if they're not Mm -hmm. that political, they're becoming political just because they, the business model, the, the, who owns them. I think B2B companies do not have to be like that. Yeah. Well, that that's right. And, and, and when you talk about, you know, billionaires buying these media companies, that's right. I mean, like Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post, yeah. right? That's one prominent example. Uh, the New York Times is wasn't bought by a billionaire, but it's owned by, I don't know if the, the Salzburger family, I don't know if they're billionaires, probably, or they're super rich in any case. Well, I mean, right? part of a certain social group for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I'm i thinking about, what about a model like, does the name Barry Weiss ring a bell for you? No. It's an interesting phenomenon. Barry Weiss used to be a columnist for the New York Times. And before that, I believe she was a columnist for the Wall Street Journal. In any case, at the times it was this was during the height of the of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protest. Mm-hmm. She ended up leaving there for a variety of reasons. That she actually published a like a resignation letter, published it publicly. It's really interesting to read. The gist was that she no longer kind of felt welcome there, and so she started her own thing on Substack, essentially a blog, and staking out a ground kind of kind of in the middle you know, a a, a true kind of centrist approach to writing about politics and culture and that sort of thing. And, and it's purely a subscription model. So I think it's like, I, I, I subscribe to it. It's like five bucks a month and it's been hugely successful. I think she has a couple million subscribers at this point. So it really was, there was a a big audience out for, for out there for this kind of thing, as it turns out. And That to me is interesting, not so much the subscription model, because as you said, at least for right now, the debate's kind of been like to gate your content or not. And things seem to be in in many ways moving towards like don't not gating or at the very Mm -hmm. least give away a lot of your content as in in as frictionless a way as possible. Right. Yeah. Even if you are gating it. 
you're certainly not asking people to subscribe and like pay to get your content because that seems like it would be a failing, you know, a failing business model. But what I like about Barry Weiss's what she's done and and her the outlet is now called the Free Press. It's it's a really interesting model for how to, how to gain an audience. You know, and they just they they pump out content that people that really resonates with people and keeps them coming back. And it's like it's almost free. It's like only five bucks, you know. But she was a media company from the start, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is this is because what you're kind of describing right now is like the creator economy or. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, that's right. And that's I mean, that that's good, I think, you know, and <clears throat> some B2B companies are going to are going to make it work that that media company thing. And maybe some B2B companies are going to be able to kind of get people to subscribe to their content or pay for their content. That could be. But I think for the for the vast majority, if you're subscribing to that saying that B2B companies that your company should be a media company, I think being a media company is not what you're after in the end. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You don't want to be a media company. You want to have a strong narrative. You want to have strong hot takes. You want to have very efficient content creation processes. You want to be good at quality content. But that's not being a media company. At least not. That's not how I see it. Does that? Does that? Yeah. Make sense? Right. I, I I agree with you. I mean, if you're a SaaS company, well, you're a SaaS company. You're not a media company. Like your core offering is what it is. In the content, yeah. at least as we've been looking, you know, content marketing traditionally is it's marketing. It's a way to get people interested in your product through, exactly. you know, through the content. And I, I guess, you know, where the where you see the overlap with a media company, like we were saying before, is uh, content marketing is geared toward building an audience, right? First for your content, getting people in your ecosystem so that you can drive them down that funnel, right? And, and sell your product. And the content is a means to that end. Right. Yeah, getting more eyeballs on your company at large. Yeah, I think one thing that seems it seems like a lot of companies struggle with is the the content operations, what people call content operations. So mm -hmm. setting up a content creation process, like you're doing with this podcast, right? It's it's not easy to start doing this, which yeah. is why you know you're turning it into a service, saying I, I, we know how to do this. Let's do it for other people because it's really really hard. And I think this is what gets people into this idea. But then once they subscribe to this idea, once they have that in grade and someone at executive level say, guys, we need to be a media company now. How good at our, our marketing teams, how good our marketing teams, sorry, at executing this? Yeah, right? yeah. How do you become a, a, a media company? How does a, an industrial manufacturer, a SaaS company, how do you become a media company? Where do you start? Yeah. And and I think the answer is that, as you're saying, essentially, you don't become a media company. I mean, if you have a content marketing group, a team, you can look to them and say, what can you learn from the CNNs of the world or, you know, any any operation out there that's really good at pumping out content and building an mm -hmm. audience around it? It's more like, yeah, what can you learn from them about what kind of content resonates or like or like how to how to produce content efficiently through an operational structure that yeah. keeps the quality high, keeps it 
keeps it coming out, keeps it new, keeps gives it that certain point of view, right? Gives it that angle. I mean, I think maybe the that's angle, more that's maybe more more what that that concept is getting at. Yeah, probably. So there, this is the last aspect probably of it is is the angle or the journalism style because we are talking about media companies and this is the first time, yeah. like, I don't know, 20 minutes in that we pronounce the word journalism or journalism. Yeah. And in the end, there's also this, this situation with the state of B2B content, which is that 98% of content is really, really bad, doesn't go in mm. deep like we're doing now. You know, yeah. it doesn't, it, it's not controversial. It's not really, you know, it's bad. And when I say it's bad, it's usually people say that their company produces great content and that every, everyone else is producing bad content. So if, right. if, if you think that you're doing, you know, if more than 50% of people think that they're better than the, than 50% of other people, we have a problem. Yeah. And so I think that this idea has some value in it that we need to shift the content production process from producing content for the sake of it to producing content that is well, you know, more thought out. And in this sense, a media company, mm -hmm. the media company analogy kind of makes sense. But again, I said, you know, Animals, which is a, a very high profile content marketing mm -hmm. agency, they kind of coined the term content journalism, which, mm. you know, I'm ashamed because I didn't think of it and we have the same approach and I didn't <laughs> think of it. And I'm really mad, but these guys are really good too. <laughs> mm -hmm. And this is kind of what you were describing. How do I yeah. get that angle? How do I produce content that no one else is producing at this moment? How do I you know, provide expertise in my content. Yeah. And so this is a skill that's, that, that companies need to develop. But I think in the end, saying you need to become company, it drives you away from all this. It drives you away from your real goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good way of putting that. And, you know, as some, I've talked to plenty of folks on this podcast who have a journalism background and are now in content mm -hmm. marketing. I have a journalism background. And I'm not a content marketer, but, you know, I talk to people every day. Well, you about are. It, You're so. doing marketing through content for your company. Well, well that, okay. That, that, <laughs> yeah, I, okay. That's true. That's true. I just hesitate to call myself like a professional marketer. But in any yeah. case, yeah, I think I strongly have come to believe that how journalists operate, at least some of that can be very useful for content marketers. And that's not a novel idea. I'm, you know, I haven't come up with that. But, no. but it's it's as simple as you know what you said what we're doing right now i mean essentially what do journalists do they write stories based on information they gather by talking to sources and what through other kinds of research but that's what makes it new that's what makes it news and even even if you're doing you know thought leadership content or like editorial content you know still mm -hmm talking to other people and and so it's not just spinning everything out of your own head you know or for a content marketing team it's not just you guys huddling together and coming up with what's this next blog going to be about right it's reaching out to subject matter experts in your company or outside exactly. your company and interviewing them and piecing together stories based on based on other people's ideas and thoughts and then crafting that all together i mean that's essentially what journalists do Exactly. And I think this is also why that idea, that media company idea seems so good to, to people is that they, they know that there's a, a problem in the way that they conduct content marketing. Because putting out that blog just to get organic traffic and say, you know, and saying, oh, that blog doesn't convert. Why is that? 
they they know that something's not working in there. And so they kind of have the shiny object syndrome saying, oh, these guys are saying something different. Maybe that's worth listening to. And I mean, that that journalism thing, our saying is now for every piece of content, what's the angle? What can mm. we say about this that no one else is saying? How can we approach this in a, in a different manner? How can we? Yeah. And, you know, we're doing that for our brand. I'm doing stuff on demand generation. No one's saying that almost. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doing stuff on, on you know, <clears throat> the industry in general, and no one's saying these things. And because we are looking for angles, that is definitely a journalistic approach. Yeah. But if, if this is what we want to say, if what we want to say is build better systems and have a journalistic approach, why do we say become a media company? Good question. And and I think I have I have an answer to that, and I encourage people to go look at who is saying become a media company because in my network in my filter bubble, it's people who have to, who want to sell you stuff. Mm. You know, I could be we could be discussing how great it is to be a media company and me trying to position myself as the guy who knows what a media company is because this is what I said earlier. Like, where do you start? Mm -hmm. When you've got everyone on board, where do you start? It's a very vague concept. Everyone can think of it very different ways. And the the next step for that, when you're an executive and you, you believe in this idea, is like, let's look for help. And so you've mm -hmm. got a variety of service providers who are going to tell you, oh, we'll help you be become a media company. We have that built in. We have the thinking, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. And I think in the end, that is hurting people as well because it doesn't have to be that hard. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to fill people's head with, I was about to say nonsense, it's not really nonsense, but very vague or fluffy concepts for them to buy your services. There's another yeah. way than, than this one, right? Yeah, indeed. Okay, well, there's so much more to, to say about this. We'll, we'll have to do a part two at some point. So, but <laughs> for now, but for now we'll just wrap things up. Vince, for folks who want to continue the discussion with with you online, what's the best way to connect? Probably on LinkedIn or you can email me vince at scalecrush.io. Okay, excellent. Well, we'll put, we'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show yes. notes and I know you're very active on LinkedIn. I always enjoy yes. your content. So, uh, so thank you so much for giving me your time and agreeing to come on the show. I I really liked our discussion. Thanks, no problem. That's been fun. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.